Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Haley. Good morning, Dan. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And I'm going to use this opportunity right off the bat to apologize to my daughter in the kindest way I know how. I'm sure she'll love this. Well, I'm doing this on the radio because that means I really feel it. And everyone should know. (laughs) I'm really owning my mistake, right? That's how this is. Uh It's like giving a really big present. I'm giving a really big apology. Anyway, I told you a little bit about this, Haley, so you don't have to pretend uh, to be surprised. And Certainly, you wouldn't have been surprised anyway. No. But we were sitting around the other night, and I, I guess I don't know what the app was. I guess the app on the phone was Snapchat, maybe? Yeah. And it's got all these filters, mm-hmm. right? It will make your face look weird, right? How else do you describe filters for <laughs> maybe the people who don't know? I don't, it augments. Yeah. 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 So you look at the camera. You know what I'm talking about. Every now and then we see news stories where somehow that's on. And the person actually does their broadcast with a weird face. Haven't you ever seen I've that? I've never seen that. Well, it's happened, Haley. Trust me. Anyway, we're doing all these filters. They're making me look like a horse. They're making me look like a mule, like a donkey. <laughs> There's a theme running here. I'm looking like an idiot. And we're passing it back and forth, and we're laughing hysterically. Well, anyway, my daughter, Tessa. Tessa, I love you, and I'm sorry about this. <laughs> But she's looking at the the phone, and she's got it facing her, and I'm trying to lean around because I'm trying to be a part of the fun. Right. Like, what's happening? What filter's over there? And I can kind of see her face Mm -hmm. in the camera that she's got this filter on, and I just busted out laughing. It was hilarious. What I saw looked hilarious. From my angle, Tessa, it looked (laughs) hilarious. And I am laughing and asking her, what filter is that one? What is that? What did you put on your face? And she just... Dead glare looks at me, says, the filter is off, Dad. That's just my face. So, Tessa, I'm sorry. (sighs) And I'm double sorry for telling everyone. She looks like me, so if it's a problem, it's not her fault. It comes from my side of the family. Anyway, it looked like a crazy, hideous picture. It was just the light. Lighting matters, people. When you're choosing colors, there's a quick color theme for you, too, or a color lesson. Right? Lighting matters. Yes, lighting matters. All right. We're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show. We said that already. I think I've covered everything I need to cover (laughs) on the show today. We've got all kinds of stuff. We're going to be talking about Haley's air purifier. Yes. Just like I... Skeptical. That'll be fun. Right. Just like I cleared the air at home with Tessa, (laughs) and now I've cleared the air here, Haley's going to talk about how she clears the air at home. We'll also be talking about complementary color schemes. Yes. Excited to talk about how that can help you narrow down your choices, put together a scheme for your home pretty easily with some really, you know, high design. Yeah. It's really good stuff. It sounds boring, but don't worry. It's good. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What I'm... filter is that? <laughs> I don't have a filter of any kind. Oh, you meant on yeah. the phone. Yeah, I don't have a phone filter either. That's why I got to use their Snapchats. Anyway, let's talk about Zip Prime. It's a product that we manufacture. It's a stain blocking primer, and it's on sale through February. Now, a lot of people, Zip Prime, it's not a product that I don't think we've ever talked about it on the show because it's such a specialty no, product. Yeah, it's, it's 
It's one of those specialty products that's a problem solver. So it's very cool in that way because it can solve things like, you know, cover up smoke damage or water stains or tannin stains in wood. So tannin stains in wood, just for people maybe not making that connection, think about knots in your trim that you paint over and you see that knot bleed back through the finished paint. Right, exactly. You think, what's going on? What's that brown stain there? It's like oils in the wood that are going to bleed through that layer that you've just put on. Exactly. So when you run into these problems, water stains on a ceiling, I've had that where I've got it now. I haven't done anything because I know the right solution. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But I've done that before where I didn't realize what I was looking at, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And it just kept bleeding through my finish paint. I didn't know what was going on. Well, these problems need to be addressed. And that's where a product like Zip Prime, it's a stain blocking primer. It's a problem solver. It's going to fix things and allow you to keep moving with the finished paint that you want and get the results you want. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that you can't just use a typical water-based paint for these problems, that you have to use a specific thing because stains will bleed through any water-based finished paint. Right. Now, the best stain blockers out there are solvent-based. Right. uh, But there are water-based versions. And, uh, in fact, most of us are familiar with a couple of really popular ones. Water-based versions, we've got one too. But the thing is with the water-based stain blockers, they're just not as effective with tough situations like water stains, knots in wood. wood. Right. Right. Usually right on the can, it will say use multiple coats of your primer, your water-based stain blocking primer over these problem areas. And even then, you're really only looking at like a 90% success rate. So it's not even guaranteed. Right. Now that 90% (laughs) may sound pretty good. Right. You know, when you get a 90% on that test, you didn't know you're going to, that's pretty good, right? Yeah, I'm pretty happy But think about it. You went and put two coats of of primer on something. Mm -hmm. Then you put your finish paint on. And now you're still having something bleed. Yeah, 90% of the time it'll probably work. I'm not looking for a 90%. No, that's a lot of work for 90%. If you use a solvent-based stain blocker, it's usually just one coat and it pretty much always works. Yeah. So you've solved the problem. However, here's the big however, the big but in this conversation. Changes in Michigan VOC regulations have required that all of these stain blockers, these solvent-based products, be reformulated. Right. And now we've got go-to products like Cover Stain from Zinzer. It's not as nice to work with with the no, new formulation. No, contractors are calling it ropey. It just doesn't flow out as well. And it's way more expensive. So that's where we get back to Zip Prime. Now, the new VOC regulations allow smaller manufacturers like Repcolite an extra five years to reformulate. Right. So we can still sell solvent-based products that are just like, you know, they've always been for another three to four years. Yeah. So in this instance, if you're looking for a stain blocking primer that's going to dry fast, block out all the stains that you're dealing with, Zip Prime's a great solution. It's on sale through the rest of February for 33 bucks a gallon. So yeah, it's going to be so way really cheaper expensive. than the alternatives out there. Just be aware. It's not a product that everybody needs on a regular basis. No. But when you need it, it's good to know that it's there. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Haley, let's dig into that complimentary color thing. Yes. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Please stay with us. It's worth it. You're going to like it. <laughs> That's all next. Stick around. And we're back. And Haley, your intention is to walk us through all kinds of color advice, right? Yeah. Helping us choose colors <laughs> using, I think, the idea is a complementary color scheme. Yes. Ultimately, we'll be talking about complementary color schemes. But, you know, that's part of color theory. And I want to talk about it because I think we've talked about how choosing colors for a space is one of the most daunting parts of the project. And you've experienced this. You know, right now you're still paused on a project, your living room that you've been wanting to repaint for years now because ultimately you figured out that you really just don't know what direction to go in color-wise. Well, you don't need to bring that up again, but yes. <laughs> 
You know, I said it once. <laughs> I think that was enough. Well, hopefully we've got a solution for you, Dan. I hope so. I hope so. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, and Haley is going to give us all the information we need. So, complimentary color scheme. Where do you want to go with this? So How I guess, do you want let's to just handle start. This? You know, let's understand some basic color theory because uh, that can really help kind of decode the world of color and make it less daunting when we're trying to choose them. Right. The one aspect of color theory is color schemes. And essentially, color schemes are just a way of organizing the color wheel. So, if we're looking at a color wheel, right, mm-hmm. we've got four schemes that kind of break it up in a way that's really pleasing to our eyes. So one example is a complementary color scheme. That's a color scheme that uses colors that are opposite from each other on the color wheel. So an example of that for the people playing at home. Blue and orange. Okay. Are directly on other sides of the color wheel. From so like other. green and red. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. So then you've got monochromatic. That's another color scheme. And that's really just using one color but then using tints and shades of it. So you've got blue, and then you've got light blue and dark blue that go along with it. Makes sense. Analogous, and that's using colors that are next to each other on the color wheel. So blue, green, and yellow. I guarantee everybody at home is thinking in the most vivid versions (laughs) of these colors. And And it probably sounds crazy. Yeah, what in the world? I can't imagine a room with this bright blue and this Let's make it even better. Uh, Triadic color schemes, that one's using things that are evenly spaced on the color wheel. So like our primary colors would be that. Red, yellow, and blue are evenly spaced. I'm sure now we're imagining bright primary colors oh, yeah. <laughs> in a room. But ultimately, we'll get to that, and that's not necessarily what we're talking well, about. And that's why we're talking about it. You yes. pitched this idea, <laughs> and I instantly imagined the most hideous versions of these things. And I thought, why? Why would we talk about this? And There's such an advantage to using color schemes in your home and trying to you know, give yourself a framework because ultimately what we're doing right now is providing constraints, you know, which we're I think focusing our vision. Really interesting. Haley is freeing us up yes. to make our color choices by actually recommending <laughs> yeah, that we have constraints. <laughs> Explain that because it's brilliant. It's true. It plays out in so many aspects of life. But where are you going with it? When we're looking at, you know, a color chip rack in the store, for example, we're Mm -hmm. looking at every single color that exists in that moment. And that's extremely overwhelming. I mean, there's a lot of decision fatigue that happens very quickly. Almost paralysis, you might want to say. Yeah, exactly. Too many things to choose from. You just don't know. Where do I begin? Overwhelmed. You don't know where to start. And so by really giving yourself a framework or limiting your options right off the bat, you've made it easier to make a choice because now you've got three things to choose from rather than thousands. <laughs> no, we've talked about that all the time. That makes a ton of sense. So limit yourself a little bit. Yes. These constraints really help. And that's where you're saying these color schemes help us get to that point. Exactly. So like for an example, let's say you've got green in your living room and you're going to paint your dining room and you have no idea what color to paint this dining room. Well, if you decide to go with an analogous color scheme like we just talked about, you know, you've got two options. You've got a green in your living room. So you're either going to go with a blue or a yellow in the dining room. The brightest blue and the most, (laughs) well, the brightest yellow and most vivid blue you can find, right? Right. No. But you're going... A navy blue. And you've still got a lot of choices to right, make. It's exactly. not like you've limited yourself no. so completely. But now you're you're 
No, because there are thousands of blues, right? <laughs> but at least you know, look at the blue section. Yeah. And then look at the yellow section a little exactly. bit. That could be off-whites and stuff like that right. as well. It could right. range all over mm-hmm. the place. Yeah, because we're talking about undertones here as well, uh, not just colors in their purest form. So it really helps in that regard. I think that makes a lot of sense. Where do you want to go from here? I want to talk about complementary color schemes because, like you pointed out, it sounds kind of insane. And I think complementary color schemes in particular can be maybe the hardest to work with because we're talking about using colors that are opposite from each other. And so they can really heighten each other. And that makes them somewhat jarring if you don't use it correctly. Well, every time I've wanted to talk about these things, you know, I started doing the marketing 15 years or so, or so ago, and I would dig into some of the stuff because it was a little mm-hmm. bit new at that point to me, trying to figure out color schemes and, oh, I could do something about complementary color schemes and all and analogous color right. schemes. And I dig into it. And every example, I'm sure there were other ones that I didn't find, but every one I found but yeah, used the most jarring examples. Example, yeah. We've literally got like Christmas colors on the yeah. wall. Yeah, <laughs> and who wants that? Who wants to I could like not that? wrap my brain around no. what kind of people do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's extreme, and I think I don't know if they're just trying to like demonstrate. I think that's in it. that way, but yeah, it makes it look unreasonable for sure and not livable. So I want to talk about complementary because again, like you've talked about, it just sounds. Crazy, and it's hard to find really good examples of these things online, too. So you're going to do that. You're going to provide great examples of these color schemes on the radio. On the radio. So you're going to nail it. (laughs) Tell us about color on the radio. (laughs) Well, I think I want to talk about why a little bit more first, why you would want to use a complementary color scheme if it's so difficult to pull off, right? Why do I even want to bother? Sure. What's the point of using it? And the first reason is that it creates a really dynamic space. So because you're using opposites, the color scheme can help really balance a space, which you know provides a sense of calm and ease. But at the same time, they're also very contrasted from each other. And that really helps create kind of a visual rhythm, and that just keeps your interest. So I think a lot of people have the tendency to decorate a space by filling it with things that match, right? The matchy-matchy thing? Yes. Is that what we're talking (laughs) about here? We've painted our room blue, now, okay, we've got blue, so I want to match the blue with my furnishings. So I'm going to go pick this blue comforter, and I'm going to pick this blue lamp and this blue rug, and now they all match, quote-unquote. But what you've got now is just a sea of blue, and really that doesn't kind of implement any of the design functions that you should in a space. There's... Well, we think we're doing the right, right. thing, you know, because a lot of the times we, we go the other direction. We have a pillow or we have a, a you know piece of fabric or whatever, mm-hmm. and we get that color matched at the paint store, right. and we can do that. Yes. But now you've got the same exact blue all around. Mm-hmm. How You're saying that's not creating a lot of interest. That's not right. playing into really great design. Right. I think it leaves a space feeling like it lacks a clear voice or intention behind the decisions that are made. So, you know, first off, that's number one. It just helps create a dynamic space. So the complementary color scheme helps us create a dynamic space. Right. What's another reason why we're using it? So the second reason is that it really gives your eyes the balance that they crave when it comes to color. I want to give my eyes what they crave. (laughs) (laughs) What are you getting at here? Well, it sounds ridiculous when you say that. Uh, which is why I repeated it like that. It sounds okay. so smart out of your mouth and so completely inane out of mine. Well, there's a lot of science to it. Like, it's very technical, actually. So let's say that you're staring at a blue square. Uh, and this is what they call after image, essentially. So you're staring at a blue square. After a while, the cells in your eyes that process that blue light will become fatigued. 
Okay. Right? And in making that signal to your brain is slightly weaker because of that fatigue, that part of the visual spectrum is suppressed. So it's harder. Your eyes don't want to see blue anymore, essentially. I'm sick of blue. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I staring at it in the first Just place? Just give me something else to look at. <laughs> so, so now, let's say you're done looking at that blue square and you look at a white piece of paper. So over it. I'm going to go to white because mm-hmm. what a refreshing thing. <laughs> now, instead of seeing a blue square that you've been looking at, you're actually going to see an orange square projected onto that paper. And that's happening because... Again, that blue signal has been so fatigued that you're seeing the lack of blue light on the paper, which gives you orange. Okay. I can track with that. I don't know why I was staring at the blue, (laughs) but I don't think that's critical to the conversation. What does that tell me about a complementary color scheme? So blue and orange, those are complementary to each other, right? So when you're in a blue room... That visual fatigue starts to set in when it's all bit. blue. When it's all blue, so giving yourself that orange end of the spectrum is giving your eye what it craves. That other end of the spectrum to kind of reduce that visual fatigue. So it's looking at blue, thinking, "Man, I wish there was some orange here because yep. that's what I need." <laughs> exactly. And you're saying, "Let's not overdo it with the blue. Let's give a little bit of orange." That doesn't mean entire walls no. are orange, and we're going to talk about that right later when we talk about how to implement this. Exactly. We're just saying. This is a reason to use it. Keep that in mind. So first reason, it's going to make the space a little more dynamic. Mm -hmm. Second reason, it's going to give our eyes what they crave. Yes. Is there a third reason? There's a third reason. Oh, it's always great in threes. (laughs) So this is a really great color scheme uh, to use in an open concept. And like we've been talking about, these are contrasting colors, right? They're opposite from each other. And so they can really help define spaces in that way. So when you've got a very open space that maybe, again, feels a little bit directionless, you want to have some points of interest that are going to help your eye move throughout the space. And it's really easy to do that when you're using opposites. More so than just any other colors? I mean, I would think any colors are going to help break it up and create space. Well, if you think about opposites in terms of like white and black, like that's a hard line that you're creating rather than white to a soft gray. That's a much softer break. And so your eye is not going to process it in quite the same way. So it does a better job than just any other colors. Exactly. But the big thing that we want to convey is that this whole complementary color scheme isn't maybe what you're thinking. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this really intense... um, overwhelming contrast. (laughs) And you can still accomplish what you're saying, Mm -hmm. all of these things, by using more muted versions. Right, in some really subtle ways. Okay, so that's why you would do it. Shall we take a break? And then on the other side, let's talk about how you pull it off successfully. Yes. Because it seems like this is something I could really, really fall on my face with. (laughs) Right? Don't you think? Yeah. You've seen how I do things. (laughs) I could mess this one up pretty good, couldn't I? Yeah. I think your house could look like Christmas all year round. And I don't think I'm the only one. So we're going to dish that information out on the other side. We'll be right back. And we're back. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. We're talking about color schemes, specifically complementary color schemes. Yes. Which is, recap Haley really quickly... Those are colors that are opposite from each other on the color wheel. Yes. So So blue and orange, red and green, purple and yellow. Those are all opposites from each other, and they are complementary colors. Right. It was almost a song. I thought you were for a second going to shift into 
music, but you didn't. Just kind of. Sorry. Yeah, I just, wish I would have now. I know. So do I. It was kind of a missed opportunity. <laughs> anyway, we've talked about that. And in the last segment, you talked about different reasons why you would do that. And right. again, very quickly to recap, it helps you create a more dynamic space. Yep. Gives your eyes what they crave. Oh, man. Using both ends of the visual spectrum. Give your eyes what they crave. It's science. Yes. You're going to want it. Your eyes want it. Everybody's happier in the end. And the third reason? Helps define spaces, especially in an open concept. More so than just any other colors right. because they're opposites. Exactly. Now, let's talk about how you pull that off and actually make it look like it's not the circus or a zoo or something ridiculous and crazy or a superhero costume. Yeah. How do we pull off these opposite colors? Because you mentioned red and green, orange and blue. And, and people, everyone's thinking of the most saturated versions of these colors. And that's the really people who, the first point. Yeah. I, I mean, there's probably a lot of people who left a long time ago because <laughs> they just thought this is insane. We've got terrible advice on we, the show. We probably should have led with the more practical uh, applications here. But you're not talking about just those crazy colors. Right. Let's talk about how you pull it off successfully. So the first point in this segment is being mindful of saturation. This is kind of the key to making this successful in your home. All right. So saturation, it's a it's a word that gets used in the design field mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. And I don't think it always gets used in the correct ways. I would agree with that. Let's talk about what are you talking about? Let's define that term a minute. Yeah. So saturation is how pure a hue is. So a fully saturated red, for example, is like a fire engine red, right? Mm -hmm. It's so bright. It's fully saturated. It's all of the color. And you can present. tell that by looking. You don't have to taste it like some kind of... <laughs> no, we're not talking about any synesthesia here. <laughs> You're not smelling the color. Yeah, that's pure. <laughs> You're not pure. tasting it. <laughs> all right. So how pure a color is. Yes. So Makes it's going to be really bright, very intense, um, and especially on a large scale that's felt. Um, so... Really, to desaturate a color, what you're looking to do is mute them, and that's really kind of toning it down by adding, you know, a little bit of black and white to those tones, and then also, you know, adding in undertones that help that color feel a little bit more earthy or natural as well. So things like brown or purple added to a red would help kind of desaturate that, tone it down, make it into a nice brick red or a burgundy, something that feels uh, more usable in a space yeah. rather than this bright cherry red or fire engine color. And that's the first step to helping this, you know, become clear to a lot of people. A lot right. of people were tracking with you right from the beginning. Now you just got the rest of us on board here because we can see that, okay, I can imagine using a brick red or a, you know, a color along those right. lines or a with terracotta, a different green, a terracotta. Or a blush color. And even. you're considering those the red component. Yep, exactly. All right. So be mindful of saturation. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and that's always important to consider when choosing any color, no matter what color scheme you're using. But I think it's especially important when we're talking about the complementary color scheme because you're pairing two colors that already amplify each other so much. So it's it's really key to desaturate them as much as possible so that you're not kind of over-amplifying your room too much. How do I know when I am before I do it <laughs> right <laughs> because I, I i guess i know the answer some of it's going to be sampling the colors but even yes. before i do that i think you know it's always easier 
to kind of tell as someone that doesn't look at color very often when you see the color on a larger scale. So I think a lot of times I see this with yellow in the stores. People, when they're looking for a nice yellow for their kitchen or something, will often gravitate towards what looks like yellow, which is just the purest form of that color. And what they really need to do is desaturate that. And so to give them the best clear example of what they're doing is I give them a larger example of the color they've just chosen. So we've got, you know, eight by eight sheets in the store. If you turn that little tiny, you know, two inch square into an eight inch square, now you've got something that, okay, I see what you mean. This is like and now, school bus. Or, right. And imagine that on a wall. It's right. An eight by eight or an eight by, you know, 10 by eight, 12 yeah, by so eight Yeah. So the wall. further you scale this up, the more overwhelming it's going to be. All right. So keep all of that in mind. That's really key. And what you're saying is that's especially important when you're working with complementary color schemes. So just one last example of that, I guess I would give you is, let's say, again, you're choosing that red and green color scheme. A version of red that would be very, you know, muted is like a blush pink tone. You know, pink is just a tone of red. It's just red with white added. And if it's a blush color, maybe you've got a little bit of orange in there. And then you could pair that with a gray that actually just has a green undertone to it. So it doesn't even have to be a true color like we're thinking in our minds. It could be a neutral Mm -hmm. that just has an undertone of green. And it's still going to pull it off. Yes. People don't have to walk in and say, wow, it's like Christmas all year round in here. I love that vivid red like Rudolph's nose (laughs) and the, the green that looks like a Christmas tree. They could say, wow, that's kind of a gray, and maybe they might not even clue in. Right. It's a really subtle way to implement a design feature. And I think subtle, well, not always. Subtle isn't always the way to achieve success, but it's easier to achieve success with subtlety. It's easier, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So there's a couple of things. Do you have other tips for us to, to implement this practically? So I've got a second and third one. Oh, that was just one thing? Yeah. <laughs> I miscounted. It was just so long and boring. I mean, <laughs> all right. One thing. One down, What's Dan. the next one? <laughs> you want to choose a star and then your supporting characters. Oh, I get this. Yeah. You choose a Dan, because mm-hmm. people will want to understand this more clearly. <laughs> you choose a Dan, which would be the star. Clearly. Who's going to really just shine. And then you choose some supporting characters. Your that Haley's. help that star shine. Right. You your, your, your that Haley's. by contrast, <laughs> yeah. show you how much shinier that star wow, is. <laughs> amazing that star is. Make sure they're shorter than you so you look taller. No, anyway, let's be clear. Choose a star and supporting characters. I th- I'm sure I know what you mean. Explain it to the four people out there who are still struggling to track. Uh, so when you're using a color scheme, any color scheme really, it's important to establish your main color and then your accent colors. So you don't want half the room to be painted red and half the room to be painted green, right? Although sure. now that I'm saying it might be intriguing. It would be intriguing, but that's not really the easy way no, to success. No, no. Uh, so most likely you'd have a room painted in like a nice muted green, and then you would just use small pops of burgundy to bring in that complementary color. Scheme. So we're not even necessarily putting that burgundy or whatever color that is, whatever version of red we choose, right. on the walls. No. That could be done in whatever accent pieces or whatever. Exactly. So... You know, you can use color schemes to apply them to your entire house when you're painting multiple rooms, but you can also just apply those concepts to one single room and help you 
fully design a space. So choosing the wall color, choosing accent colors to help you you know, establish what color the chair is going to be, what color the art should be, what color the rug should have in it. All of those things just help, again, give you a framework. All right. Now you're talking accent colors. I mean, when we were throwing this down with complementary color schemes, right. how many colors are you talking about using? Well, yeah, you bring up a good point. And actually, this is another one of those ways that you can help reduce the risk of making your room look like Christmas time if you're using that red and green complementary color scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, is by adding in some other support colors. You know, by no means are we saying that, okay, you've got your green walls, and now the only other color you can use in the space is red. Okay. Because <laughs> that could be a little bit much. Uh, you can still add in other colors. You know, there can still be blues present. And that, again, just kind of helps reduce any of that, you know, kind of Christmas. No, that feeling. yeah, it tempers. Yeah all of this, you know, all these colors down. Right. So basically I can have colors outside of this complementary color scheme. Right. You're just really using them as like the main colors. And then you can have these other smaller supporting actors again. All right. So my green or whatever is the main one. That's the Mm -hmm. star. I'm using probably a little more red because I want this to be a complementary color. Right. So let's say you've got a rug in the room and that's got a lot of burgundy in it. Maybe you've got a pillow in the room. That's burgundy. And then you've also chosen a chair in the room and that's burgundy. So you've got these three, you know, other main colors in the space that are using the complementary color scheme. But then you've still got in that rug probably some blues or some golds. Maybe on the red chair, you've got a blue pillow. And then you've also got art on the wall that are using multiple colors as well. So you're not only implementing two colors, you've got these other ones present, but they're just not the stars of the show. Okay. So when we're trying to make this practical, we're keeping an eye on the saturation. Yep. Trying to control that a little bit, make sure we're not going overboard. We're choosing a star. Mm -hmm. That's our main color that we're going to work with. And then supporting characters. We're not going to have co-stars here where everybody has equal weight. That's going to be a little too much probably. What's your third point? So consider adjoining rooms. You know, anytime you're painting, it's important to consider the whole home. You want your rooms to feel harmonious, right? As you're traveling throughout your space, it shouldn't feel broken or like two separate people have designed the space. You want it to all. That's, we don't be want that. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> well, I nailed that one. <laughs> all right. So we want it to look connected. We want it to right. have flow. Exactly. <laughs> So if you're going to apply a complementary color scheme, make sure it fits with the colors you've still chosen for the rest of your space. For example, in my house personally, I've kind of gone with an analogous color scheme for the entire home. So Was I've that got... the ugly one? I'm trying to remember analogous. <laughs> ugly one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was too easy. So you went with an analogous color scheme. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of my rooms are either painted blue in some shade or green in some shade. And then I've got some yellow. Okay. Uh, but within those spaces, like my dining room, for example, sure. is a navy blue, but I've actually got these chairs in the room that have a lot of orange in them, kind of like a burnt orange, so not super intense again, but that's given me an accent that helps break up the space a little bit. Gives your eyes what they crave, because you've got a lot of blue, they would like the opposite, please. Helps make it a little bit more dynamic. You know, in my bedroom, I've got green on the walls, and my example, I 
pulled right from my house. I've got a burgundy chair in there. I've got a burgundy pillow on the bed and there's some burgundy in the rug. So even though my entire house is probably applied more of an analogous color scheme, I've applied the complementary color scheme by using accent colors within those spaces to help furnish the room and make it more interesting. So bottom line here, when I'm pulling this off, I'm doing one room. Let's say that's mm -hmm. where I'm starting. Mm -hmm. And I'm working with this complementary color scheme. Mm -hmm. So I get my star color. Yeah, your blue maybe. Color that reminds me of me. And I find the colors that remind me of you and, <laughs> you know, the co-stars. <laughs> and now you're saying, as I look at that, I don't want to design that room with just that room in mind. Of course, I want right. to look at the rest of the home. So are you saying that I need to take some of the elements, some of the colors that I'm using perhaps in right. that space and sprinkle them? I don't know if that's the right word. but. <laughs> Yeah, well, I Spread think... Spread them throughout the house in other let's areas? Say you've chosen that blue for your dining room. Maybe you choose a blue for another room in your house as well so that those spaces feel somewhat connected and you're creating that visual rhythm that we talked about earlier throughout the entire home. Or maybe you've got those orange accents that are in the dining room and now you're going to apply an orange accent somewhere else in the home as well. So it doesn't feel broken or disconnected from the rest of the And those orange space. accents don't need to be the exact same oranges, right? Right. right. The blues don't need to be the exact same blues. No. There they don't is need so to much match match. They just need to be connected. So much freedom. Yeah. And it's so much easier than you think, right? Yeah. Sounds complicated maybe. Yeah, maybe it sounds like a lot of information, but I think ultimately You've probably done this just without even knowing. I think people use monochromatic color schemes all the time without really knowing what that even means. You know, they pick a blue and maybe they pick a tint or a shade of that blue. So a light blue and a dark blue. And they might not name it monochromatic, but they intuitively know that those colors work well together. Well, we're going to put some info on our Facebook page, Instagram. Yes. All of our social media, even the TikTok. Even the TikTok. <laughs> yeah, we will have stuff out there so you can take a look at what we're talking about, get an idea for that. And yeah, it's not as complicated as it may sound. No, and, and I think a, seeing it helps, you know. And it's a really straightforward way. Like you said, it's kind of rails. It gives you some rails that you're mm -hmm. on that if you follow this, you can create some really dynamic settings in your home. Right, with a lot some of good interest. design. Yeah. Without too much, you know, stepping off into the void, feeling like you're really, really exactly. going off the deep end here. You can stay on the rails, get some great results, be pretty safe about it. Yeah. All right. Check out Facebook, Instagram, even the TikTok for more <laughs> stuff. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Haley's air purifier. That's all just ahead. Stick around. Well, Haley, you've got everybody's attention, and you're going to walk us through this whole air purifier thing. I'm skeptical. Yes. And I want to get the scoop. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And at this point, it's all Haley. Tell us about this thing. So I recently got a Kenmore air purifier. Dan's very skeptical about why I have this in my home. <laughs> I don't, I've been burned before. I don't believe anything I read. I know what marketing is, yes. and I don't yes. trust any of it. <laughs> No, that's totally fair. And honestly, with other air purifiers that I've had, I have been maybe skeptical of, is this really doing anything? How do mm -hmm. I know? So you feel like <laughs> you found one isn't. that literally is doing stuff. Yes. I really I really trust the one that I've gotten now. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. I read that Americans spend, on average, approximately 90% of their time indoors. Yeah, that is mind-blowing to it's me. It's really depressing. Do these people not have yards to mow? <laughs> 
I mean, that feels like it takes up 70% of my life as it is. I mean, but if you think about it, like you wake up inside, you have your morning routine, you go outside to go to the car, you drive your car, you go to work, you're most likely working inside. Most of us are. Then you leave work, you are outside until you get to the car. I think we should reinstate outhouses. That would at least get us outdoors a little more. (laughs) Right? But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. And so uh, there's this increasing problem of indoor air quality because when we're spending so much time indoors that we're creating worse air quality for ourselves. But now that air quality that is worse than outdoor air quality, most likely, you know, on average, it's about Mm -hmm. five times worse than the air quality outside. What are we doing about this, right? We're well, our like... homes are so energy sealed, <laughs> yeah, that it doesn't naturally, it doesn't ventilate as well anymore. No, it doesn't ventilate like it used to because homes used to breathe. I mean, it was inefficient. <laughs> you know, they didn't keep heat in or the cold out, but at least they let the foul stuff sneak yeah. out, right? <laughs> now it keeps the foul stuff in along with the heat. We just can't win. No, there's the, no solution. the constant human struggle. Right. So you've got that going on. And you found this air purifier. Well, and so I'm concerned about things like dust mites, mold, pet dander, you know, smoke and cooking fumes. All these kind of contribute to allergies that I've got. Well, and you guys have that, right? Yeah. I mean, seems like everybody does, but... Yeah, I feel like everyone has allergies you now, do, but I do. Husband. My husband does. Wallace is doomed, yeah. right? Like, he's got no shot. <laughs> so I might as well invest in something that I know is going to work and help reduce some of those symptoms. And I was really excited about this Kenmore air purifier that I found because my favorite part is that it's got this digital readout that measures the air quality. So it's taking a little sample, telling me how many particles are in that sample, essentially. Particles of what? Like How many bad particles, foul particles? Particles. It could be water particles. Like if I run the humidifier, it counts that as particles. So but most likely, if you're not running something like that in the room, it's, it's things like stuff. the dust, the mold, you know, whatever it is. Um, but it's measuring those and giving you a digital readout. So it'll tell you, you know, it, your room is at a three right now, which would be very good. You know, anywhere between zero and 12 is a very good air quality. 13 to 35 is good. 36 to 55 is fair. And then 56 and higher is poor. When I first plugged this in in my house, I had a reading of about 53. So it's I had fair air quality. Oh, yeah. Edging in on poor air quality. People would visit and they just slump over. <laughs> Hardly make it across the room to open a window. <laughs> well, but that, thankfully, you got an air purifier. I do have an air purifier now, and it worked. You know, after running it for about an hour, it reduced it down. Really? Yeah, just an hour. And it's a whole home one that I have. So it covers around 1,200 square feet. You can get one that covers 2,200 square feet. Uh, but it really, it, it worked quickly and it got me down to a three. And now I trust it, I guess, because when I do certain things in the home, like if I'm cooking for an extended period of time or I burn something, mm-hmm. if I light a candle, if I run the you know humidifier nearby, it bumps the number way up. Right. Okay, so, so it's now, picking up the air. It's cruddy right now. Exactly. And then it kicks in. It kicks in, starts doing its cleaning. And you can smell a difference? You can feel like you're breathing a difference? Or are you just... Yeah, I would say that like odor after cooking is not lingering as long. Uh, I feel like I'm not... It doesn't feel as dusty. All you right. know, like when a house has been closed up for a while, it's got... It just feels yeah. stagnant. It doesn't... And it doesn't have that feeling. Yeah. We're going to put a link in the show notes to the exact model. Yes. 
and we'd love your, recommend. your opinions on that. If you've got an air purifier and you think it's the bomb, right? That's what the kids say. Let us know. If you think it's the pits, that's what my mom would say. Let us know. Radio at RepcoLite.com. Anyway, that's all the time we've got. We're going to have to wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, and why wouldn't you, you can find it online at RepcoLite.com. Whatever you do today makes your paints a part of it. I'm Dan Hanson. I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.